welcome to Lending Forward, a podcast where we're lending every bit of what we know to our listeners. From real conversations and lessons learned deep within the industry to education and forward thinking. Together, we're Lending Forward. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our channels and connect with us on www.atlanticbay.com. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS number 72043, NMLSconsumeraccess.org is an equal opportunity lender. Located at 600 Lynn Haven Parkway, Suite 203, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23452. Welcome to another episode of Lending Forward. I'm your host, Taylor Ellard, and joining me again is the famous Dan Habib. Welcome, Dan. Thanks so much for having me, Taylor. Yes, thank you for coming back. And the last time we spoke, we did the mid-year economic forecast. And obviously in February, we had Barry on and he did the February kind of look out for 2022 and boy, have things changed. Yes, they have. There's uh, certainly a lot of action happening in the markets. And at the time of recording this, it's the first really market day of October. And we are happy to see September gone because it was a rough September in the markets. We saw interest rates shoot much higher, you know, lost about 400 basis points or so roughly. So a rough September, we were saying, wake me up when September ends. Uh, (laughs) But now we have seen a little bit of a rally and we'll go over some of the charts because I know many of you have shown some interest in the candlestick charts. So we're going to go through a little bit of that. But before we do, let's talk about what's happened since we last spoke, right? So the Fed came out and they hiked another 75 basis points. And now there's a lot of speculation on what's going to happen at the November 2nd meeting, as well as the December meeting. Now, I think that they're still probably going to hike another 75 basis points in November, but there's a chance it could be 50. We'll have to see. And then another maybe 50 in December. So at the last Fed meeting that they had, they released their projections. So their projections were for another 125 basis points of hikes this year, and then maybe another 25 basis points next year. And then they weren't showing a cutting of rates until 2024. Of course, all this can change in a New York minute, as soon as we get some different data out there, right? And the Fed is data dependent. They're continuing to reduce their balance sheet, but there's been some interesting things going on from different central banks out there. We know most of them have been tightening. However, you know, we just had the UK who they were having some problems there with their 10-year equivalent, the GILT, where the yields were shooting way, way, way up. It actually put uh, some of their pension plans in trouble and and in question if they were going to be able to continue. So the UK, after saying that you know this week they wanted to start selling their gilts and do their own form of quantitative tightening because they have a bunch of assets on their balance sheet, well, they now came out and said, we're not doing that yet anymore. We're going to kick that back till the end of this month, but we're going to start buying right now. So they really want to tighten. They really want to do what other central banks are doing, but because of their issues they're having there, namely with their UK pension plan, they're actually doing quantitative easing again, meaning they're doing a bunch of buying. And that's been one of the catalysts that, you know, listen, yields are interconnected around the globe. So I believe that's been one of the catalysts to help us see mortgage bonds and the bond market in general recover a little bit over the last several days, which has been welcome. You know, we know it's been, as I said, a really tough September, but going forward, the real main driver of interest rates, as always is, is inflation. And we have to get past the reading what we're going to get in about two weeks on the consumer price index for the month of September. And, you know, it always is a 30-day look back. And that's going to be another low reading that we have to get past. Because remember, the way these reports work is they're on a rolling 12-month basis. So when we get the September reading in two weeks, 
it replaces a September reading from last year. Well, that reading from last year was very low. So the bar has been set low. So even if you get a modest reading, you could not see much of a change in the year over year numbers. Mm -hmm. However, once we go to October, which we'll get in November, and you go forward from there, the inflation comparisons get much, much, much tougher. And also remember that when the Fed's hiking rates, they're doing so to quell inflation to slow down the economy, but it doesn't happen right away. There's a three to six month lag. So the compounding effect of all of these hikes, I believe, will slow down the economy and is starting to do so already. I mean, hey, we just got the final Q2 GDP reading, which was a negative six tenths. So confirm now two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, which by most people's definitions would mean that we are in a recession currently, but they seem to have changed the goalposts a little bit. We'll have to see what happens in the coming months, but the NBER, the National Bureau of Economic Research, they're really the referees out there that officially call when you're in a recession, but so far haven't had any such call just yet. But I do think that based on what we just discussed with inflation, the economy continuing to slow, that Listen, we're seeing a nice little rally now. We'll have to see how how short-lived that is. But I do think you will see a meaningful decline in inflation really towards the end of the year as we start to get the October, November, December readings, and then really into the first quarter of next year. Meaning, I think when you see inflation come down, which we are predicting it will, you'll see mortgage rates start to moderate a little bit and we'll get a little bit of relief. So... I heard a study, I don't know, it might have been last week or something, and it was fairly conservative. But I feel like, and I want your thoughts on this, we saw rates shot up so quickly, right? Like so fast, unheard of quick. Will we see it tick down? Not if and when, but when it does, I think more so. Will it come down as fast or do you think it's going to be a really slow train moving? I don't think it's going to come down as fast. And I don't think that we're going to see rates get back down with a two handle in front of it or even necessarily a three handle. You know, never say never as far as what happens in the future, but I'm predicting more that we will see rates come, you know, which are in some people's cases are close to 7% right now. Right. I think that by next year, you could see that with a five in front. But listen, it's it's going to depend on what happens in the market. It's going to depend what happens with inflation. But we are predicting that you will see them come back down towards five and change or so next year. And if that's the case, you know, remember half the loans out there are above 4% and half are below 4%, right? right? Which means that you'll get a lot more activity and especially refinance activity if you do see rates come down below 6%, having a five in front there. And, you know, it's it amazes me even right now, right? With rates so high, if you look at the MBA data, still you know, about 30% of transactions are refinances still. So always a reason to refinance and people have much healthier, I think, uh, housing kind of statistics right now, meaning have a ton of equity, record levels of equity. People have been spending a lot on their credit cards. So a lot of opportunity for debt consolidation, especially mm -hmm. if we see rates come down like we're predicting. Yeah, absolutely. There's still positive outlook, I think. And I think it's all in your messaging and your education and being educated yourself. And how do you relay that through communication? So that's huge. So you kind of hit on it, the candlesticks, right? We're seeing a little bit more of that. Maybe you're a new MBS highway user, or you're just looking at, you know, those different charts or what have you. I see some people, you know, using them in social media because I think it's just a way to connect with users and agents and to show them and try and explain what's going on. So for those who want to learn more, give us kind of like a high level skinny. Yeah. So let me share my screen for this one and just show you our bond page here, right? So you can see right now mortgage bonds, they're up 83 basis points. So when you're looking at this, this is from the previous trading day's closing price. So from where the market closed on Friday, we're up 83 basis points. And then we give you a look at how much the market has changed since lenders came out with pricing because of course, that's what your lender is looking at, right? The day change is something that's important. But if you weren't looking at the change from when lenders came out with pricing, well, let's say this thing were to give back 
70 basis points, right? So that means that you're still up 13 basis points on the day. Now that may still look green or still look good to you. However, from when lenders came out with pricing, you're going to be down 50 basis points or so, which is going to put them in a position to take away some of that better pricing that you likely received this morning. So you want to look at these things in conjunction. And of course, at MBS Highway, we're going to alert you if we think lenders are put in a position to reprice. Now, we also have to give you a look at the stock market and the 10-year. And the 10-year is a good barometer for the overall bond market. And sometimes when I'm communicating interest rates to a customer, I will show them the 10-year as opposed to mortgage-backed securities, even though interest rates are directly tied or mortgage rates are directly tied to mortgage-backed securities because it can be difficult for them to understand the inverse relationship there, right? So we're talking about bonds here. When we're talking about mortgage-backed securities, we're showing you the price, but the yield is inversely correlated. So if you're looking at a chart and you see mortgage bond pricing going down, a customer could be confused and think that that means rates are going down. But of course, price and yield are inversely related. So as mortgage bond pricing goes down, that's a bad thing for rates. Rates are moving to the upside. Now, the 10-year is always quoted in the yield. So when you see yields moving lower, well, that's easy to see that, hey, that means that mortgage rates are also coming down. And they're not exactly correlated, but there is certainly a high correlation there. So if I were communicating this, I would probably show the 10-year. And you can see, you know, maybe you're talking to a customer and all of a sudden, since you've spoken to them, rates have shot up, right? Well, you can easily show somebody using our charts here what's happened with the trend, right? And why yields are now higher, why rates are higher. We're not making this stuff up. It's based on activity in the bond market. Now, the last few days, we have seen yields really start to come down to a pretty nice level. Now, if I'm looking at this chart, you can see we're at 365 on the 10-year here. And when you're looking at these candlestick charts, it's a couple of things you have to realize. So first of all, like if you were trading your own portfolio of, let's say, equities or stocks, right? You're looking at technical analysis and different support and resistance levels, which we identify for you. So we show you S1, S2, R1, and R2. Those are your resistance levels. So if there's a line that's above where trading is, that's a ceiling of resistance. If there's a line below where we're trading, that's a floor of support. So you want to see us kind of break through the ceiling to get to the next level, and then that can act as a floor of support or vice versa. So when we're looking at these candlestick charts, Sometimes they confuse people because the color of the candle is not determined on where price is today relative to the previous day. It's actually only determined by the opening price and then where the current price is or the closing price is. So for instance, you'll notice here that this candle is red. Well, that means that we're looking at the 10-year yield here. Well, if you're looking at the candle, there's two components. There's the body of the candle. And let me just zoom in for you a little bit. So there's the body of the candle and then there's the wick. So it kind of looks like a candle in real life, hence the candlestick charts. And I really like candlestick charts because instead of just a line chart, that'll just show you like the current or closing price each day. And then it connects those plots. This tells you a lot more about what activity actually transpired during that trading session. So here's what I mean. The body of the candle, the top and bottom always are showing you the open and close, or if the day's not over yet, the open and the current price. When it closes, it's the closing price. Now, the top of the body in this case, since it's a red candle, is where it opened right here. The current price is the bottom of the body, the bottom of the thick part right here, which is where the current price is, right? So the reason why it's red and the reason why I knew where the opening closes is because the current or closing price is below the opening price. So if you look at another candle as an example, you take a look at this candle, it's green. That means that it closed higher than it opened. So that means the bottom of the thick part is where it opened. The top of the thick part is where it closed. Now, you might be wondering, well, what is this little wick coming out of sometimes the top and bottom? Well, that shows you the intraday highs and lows. So if I'm looking at this candle, and again, we're looking at the 10-year yield here. Well, I could see that, hey, the yield, it opened up right around 380. At some point in the day, 
The yield went as low as 357, but right now the yield is at 365. So notice there's no yield, come, there's no wick coming out of the top of the candle. That is because the intraday high is also the same as the opening yield, meaning it never went higher than this level where it opened at. So you can see in some cases there's a wick coming out the top. That means it went up to this point, but then closed here, right? So that's just a little candlestick 101 on how to read these things if you are sharing these, just so you're in the know in case anybody asks you any questions. But candlesticks are my favorite types of charts because not only do they show you a lot more detail of what happened that day, they're also our candlestick patterns. And you know we have a lot of training on this within MBS Highway, but different either one-day candle patterns or multi-day candle patterns that really captures the emotion of the market and can give you some insights. Of course, along with what's happening in the overall market, economic data, you know, you have to always look for the confluence of things, I think, to really have the best edge. I love it. I think, I mean, for me, it was a moment to nerd out because I <laughs> I love this kind of stuff and I needed to kind of hear it. And a lot of people are probably looking at it and saying, well, it looks like it's trending down, but that's really not necessarily a good thing. So there's just a lot of little nuggets that people can take with. Yeah. Just to be clear on that point, if you're looking at mortgage bonds, if they're going down because of the inversion with rate or yield, that's not a good thing. Right. If you're looking at the 10-year go down, well, that is looking at the actual yield. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's all very confusing, but the way that you broke it down was perfect. So thank you for that. All right. Crystal ball. Let's pull it out real fast. And I know everybody does have one, doesn't have one, has a view on it, what have you. But let's say someone who might be sitting on renting right now because they're just fearful and they are just waiting and they're not going to date rate nor marry the home because they just want rates to come down in general. When are we thinking things might shake out? You, I've heard 2024. I've heard Q3 2023. You know, realistically speaking, we know people, there's options to buy down rates, you know, the 2-1 buy downs. There's all that out there. But if someone was truly sitting and waiting, what piece of advice would you give them? Well, I wouldn't necessarily think that it's a good idea to wait in general, right? And the reason being is, is that yes, rates are elevated right now, but what are your options if you're going to buy a home, if you want to live somewhere, right? It's not a lot of people, they look at the housing market and they almost try to treat it like a stock, right? Where it's like, listen, I can share my, my sell my shares of Apple today and I'll be fine. But you know, if I sell my home, like what are my options? I could rent, I could buy another home, or I can live in you know, moving with my parents, like I'm, you know, Will Farrell and stepbrothers, right? <laughs> Which is not a good option. So rents are still going up at a pretty aggressive clip, right? And they can continue to do so each year. Yes, home prices are still elevated. And, you know, we're seeing appreciation start to really significantly slow. But there's also, I think, a lot more, it's becoming more of a buyer's market, right? You're not seeing as many multiple offers. You're not seeing people having to come in above asking price. So you do have a little bit more on the negotiating power side. But I still think that although we're going to see some volatility over the next several months, and specifically with appreciation, you know, you might see some months in some markets where there's a slight decline in prices, some slight increases in prices. But I think for most people out there, their time horizon is not going to be one year to live in a home, right? Their time horizon is going to be at least five years. And in my opinion, anybody buying a home today, number one, I do so with low costs, right? So if you think rates are going to come down in the future, which over the next, let's say six months, next year, whatever you may believe, which I certainly think is going to occur. Well, if you do all kinds of upfront costs, by the time you refinance, you're not going to be able to break even on those upfront costs. So where possible, I would do lower upfront costs, planning on refinancing. I would still buy the home today because you have more negotiating power. You could probably get a better deal than you could have over the last year. And I think that renting is just still going to be a worse option because you're not going to be building equity through amortization. I still think if you look over the next 
next 12 months, we're going to see very modest appreciation, again, with vacillations month to month. And certain markets that were overdone may be a little bit different, right? But I think as a whole, if we're looking at the United States, you could see 4% appreciation over the next 12 months after getting through some of this volatility, especially as rates come down. And remember, you know, that's a really good rate of return. Most people, if they buy a $400,000 home, they put 10% down, that's 40 grand. That's your investment, right? Because you have to pay to live somewhere regardless. Right. 40 grand is your investment. You get 4% appreciation on a $400,000 home, $16,000. $16,000 based on your investments, a 40% rate of return, right? So I think it's important to kind of break some of that stuff down for people. But my advice would be to not wait and actually to still go ahead and proceed. And then of course, when rates do come down, you can refinance. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on Lending Forward, Dan. We always appreciate you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks again for listening to the Lending Forward podcast powered by Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group. Don't forget to tune in next week and make sure you subscribe to our channel. Remember, we all play a part in lending forward. So go lend something forward today.